Let's hit it. Give me a vacation. Vacation. Give me a wave. Surfing. Give me a city tour. The trolley. Give me animals. The zoo. Give me some sea life. <laughs> Give me museums. Park. Give me a woo. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your family vacation at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hello, hello, I'm Kelsey Nixon, and this is Kitchen Prescription, the podcast you listen to when you don't know what to make for dinner. How is everybody? I am so excited to not only be sharing a couple of easy recipes to throw on your meal plan this week, but we're going to talk about the freezer. Now, don't stop listening. The freezer is actually such an amazing tool in your kitchen. And if you can figure out how to use your freezer towards your benefit beyond just ice cream after a long day, it can make your life so much easier. So we're going to talk about organizing it. And then my favorite things that I like to keep in my freezer from recipes to shortcut ingredients, things I grab like that. So we're going to jump into that. But First, let's go over a couple of recipes to throw on that meal plan this week. You guys know I am a firm believer in having just a few ideas, a few recipes that you can pull from throughout the week. Make the decision once so that you don't have to ask yourself every single night, what's for dinner? So the first recipe we're making this week is a recipe club recipe. It is sheet pan caprese chicken. And I love this recipe. It was inspired by, I have a sheet pan chicken parm that has been one of my most popular recipes over the years because it is so simple, but it's also really hearty and delicious. And it's kind of comfort foodish. Um, and it relies on some of those shortcut ingredients like Rayo's marinara sauce. This is a little similar, but I like it better for the summer months because it incorporates some more fresh veggies. So the first thing that's unique about this recipe I think it's worth mentioning, is this idea of a chicken cutlet. So if you don't know what I mean by that, a chicken cutlet is essentially just a a thin chicken breast. So there's two ways to achieve this. One, you can just buy chicken cutlets at the grocery store. They're not called chicken cutlets. They're called thin chicken breasts. I believe that's what my Trader Joe's labels them as. But they're just thinner. And something about a thinner chicken breast, A, my kids eat it better. B, I think that unless you are really craving that a significant amount of of like poultry protein, I think that they are less likely to dry out and they cook faster. So I'm a huge fan and I really like them in this recipe. So you use chicken cutlets or two regular chicken breasts that you just take a sharp knife and then you cut the chicken breast in half. 
And then from there, you, um, I like to marinate them in a little bit of balsamic vinaigrette, another shortcut ingredient. And if you want to make a balsamic vinaigrette from scratch with a little bit of balsamic vinegar, olive oil, some mustard, salt, pepper, if you want to throw a shallot in there, great. You can do that. Um, and then you top it with some shredded mozzarella, fresh tomato. Um, and then what I like about this is you're going to scatter some other veggies around the chicken. You know, this is all happening on one sheet pan to make things easy. So in this recipe, I use asparagus and cherry tomatoes and some squash, and it's just really yummy. And then I finish it with some basil. So you have the mozzarella, the fresh tomato, the basil, and then I finish it off with a little bit of balsamic glaze or reduction. And boy, is it tasty. And not only is it tasty, but is full of color. And so if you happen to be hosting anytime soon, um, maybe your in-laws are coming over, maybe you've got friends coming over. This is just one of those recipes that is incredibly easy to throw together, full of flavor, and it looks every bit as good as it tastes. So sheet pan caprese chicken, loving this recipe lately, such a winner for us. Um, you'll find it in Recipe Club. If you are not a member of Recipe Club, we would love to have you. It is a recipe membership where you get a new recipe every single week, five new recipes a month that are voted on by the club members. So you tell me what you need and those are the recipes I deliver. Many of the recipes are sheet pan recipes, bowls, skillets, one pot meals, slow cookers, mostly things that are ideal for weeknight cooking. And this one is no exception. It is fantastic and I can't wait to see members start making it this week. It's yummy. Okay, next up, my sloppy Janes. I was on a reality show years ago called Food Network Star where people were competing to win their own cooking show and each episode is filled with these challenges. And I did fairly well in the competition. I didn't win, but I did well. And one of the challenges was we had to come up with a product that we could put ourselves in a jar, meaning if you were going to have one product that you sold at a grocery store, what would it be? Now, keep in mind, I was 23 years old at the time. Um, and I came up with this idea of an all-in-one sauce. So a tomato-based sauce that could skew like barbecue-y or for pasta. I know, I know, I know. Now I see some problems with it. But at the moment, in the heat of the challenge, it seemed like a good idea. And actually, Bobby Flay did tell me it tasted delicious, but they kept building up the suspense of this challenge that we were going to have a special guest who is going to come and try our product, right? And we had to do some branding or something, and we were all trying to guess who the special guest was going to be. And lo and behold, it was Martha Stewart. And if you've followed me for even longer, you know that I was an intern at Martha for a couple summers. I She certainly did not know who I was, but I had great respect for the company, the brand, and I never thought in a million years that getting one chance to feed Martha Stewart something and I had unknowingly chose Sloppy Joe's. <laughs> There's this great moment in the episode where she asks for a fork. So I presented my Sloppy Joe and she's like, do you have a fork? I'm like, who eats a sloppy joe with a fork? Anyways, and the thing that makes it different from a traditional sloppy joe is that I use ground turkey. So it's a little lighter, but you could absolutely use ground pork, ground beef, ground chicken, whatever you wanted. Um, but the sauce is a little sweeter than a traditional sloppy joe sauce. But 
boy is it delicious. And it is such a good meal to make a double batch of and keep in the freezer because it's just so easy for a quick weeknight dinner. And for me, especially in the summer months, when we do Sloppy Joes or Sloppy Janes, I'm always serving it with corn on the cob and fresh watermelon. That is like a childhood meal for me. I have so many like core memories around the dinner table with my family having that exact meal. So I'm excited to make that this week and I will be making a double batch, sticking some in the freezer and we'll talk about that a little later. And then last but not least, we are continuing. This is literally becoming almost a ritual in our family. I swear I'm making breakfast for dinner once a week, mostly because my kids are stoked about it. Like they get really excited about breakfast for dinner. And I find that it's actually a really easy way to pull off a balanced meal. Now, the problem is I keep making the same thing for breakfast for dinner. Waffles, bacon, scrambled eggs, we throw some avocado in there. And I realized that if we're going to keep doing breakfast for dinner, I've got to start mixing it up. So I am going to make a five ingredient recipe from Five Ingredient Friday on Instagram, breakfast tacos. And I think this is going to be great because tacos are another hit for my kids. They love Taco Tuesday. Um, But we're going to do a corn tortilla, some scrambled eggs. We'll throw a little pico de gallo in there. Um, I'm going to top it with a little avocado. Maybe I'll throw some cheddar cheese. Just really, really simple. And I think they're going to think this is very novel. And I might have to, for my girls, do a breakfast quesadilla. But that's actually a really great tip. If you live in a household with kids or a partner that tends to be picky, taking one type of food that you know they like, like a quesadilla or a taco, and then mixing it up a little bit is a great way to introduce some new ingredients. So I'm excited to see how this goes. Um, I have, This will be the first time I'm serving breakfast tacos to my family. I will make a breakfast taco all the time and I have great memories of traveling to places like Austin, Texas and having breakfast tacos, but I'm excited. I'm excited to to add this to our lineup, try something a little new and see how it goes. So those are the three recipes we're making this week. The sheet pan caprese chicken, sloppy jane sliders, and breakfast tacos. Hopefully at least one of those ideas is a great fit for you as you sit down to map up the meals that you are going to make for the upcoming week. All right. Let's get into the back half of the podcast where I want to talk all about your freezer, why you should organize it, and a few freezer faves I can't live without. So there's plenty of talk about organized pantries and even refrigerators, right? But not nearly enough talk about the benefits of an organized freezer. So whether your freezer is big or small, and I've had both, it will drastically benefit from an organizational haul. So I know it may sound a little crazy to be like, you should organize your freezer and be like, I'm not, I'm not the type of person that organizes my freezer, but give yourself the gift of organizing your freezer. Now, hear me out, okay? It's not going to take you as long as you think it's going to take you because you are forced to work quickly. Because the first thing you have to do to get a freezer mess under control, manage the freezer mess, is you have to take everything out. And then you're going to have to work quickly because you've got frozen foods in mind. So you can do this in 30 minutes. Like you really can't. You can make a big difference in 30 minutes. 
Because let's be honest, it does not take much for a freezer to get out of control when it comes to being a mess. Like, we've all been there. Rogue popsicles, random chicken nuggets flying around, nearly empty bags of frozen fruits and veggies. It can be so easy to have everything packed in there so tightly that you actually have no idea what you're even keeping on hand. So if I have just described your freezer, I have been there, but it's time to put a system in place. So we're going to revisit this idea of taking everything out. And I want you to get rid of anything covered in freezer burn past an expiration date. And I want to remind you that things don't live indefinitely in a freezer. So you really do need to, especially if it's just a traditional freezer and not a deep freezer, really a th- three months is a good rule of thumb. There are some things that maybe go longer, but ideally you are using your freezer enough that you don't really have to keep anything in there beyond three months because you are actively using it to make your life easier. So you're going to take everything out and you're going to give it a good wipe down. Just like when I clean my refrigerator and almost everything in my kitchen, I'm a huge fan of force of nature. I just like it because there are no, it is, there's, it's toxic free. There's no toxins or anything. And it's just my go-to cleaner. I love it so much. So that paired with like a warm soapy dishcloth is great. But keep in mind that you're going to have to work quickly. So don't think you're going to start this and leave it. You got to set aside a good 30, 45 minutes to get this job done, but it will feel so good. Okay. So once you have a blank slate, determine what categories make the most sense for your needs. Maybe you keep a lot of frozen protein or veggies on hand. That totally might be up to your diet. Regardless, I hope you all are keeping a fair amount of frozen desserts or treats in your freezer. But in the same way that you'd see me use clear bins like in a fridge or a pantry, I suggest doing the same in your freezer. So I actually work because I have a kitchen studio space and then I, I have a home. I have two different types of freezers. So in my studio space, I have a really small freezer that kind of sits on top of a small fridge. And then in my home kitchen, I have a pull-out drawer freezer. And so I use really different bins for those different types of freezers. This is going to be the hardest part of organizing your freezer. And I want to tell you, you don't need bins, but what I am going to tell you is that it does make a big difference to have those bins. So I suggest taking a minute to measure and see if you have a pullout freezer, like a drawer freezer, look into, I believe Container Store calls them an all-purpose bin, but they're almost like a magazine you know what I'm talking about? Like a magazine organizer. They're like taller and narrower and they are great. I will link some in the show notes for you guys because those have been awesome because I think that a drawer freezer can get out of hand even worse than a small um, traditional freezer on top of the fridge. So just take some time to figure out what your categories would be and then make sure you invest in some bins that fit in your freezer nicely. That's the most ridiculous thing I'm going to ask you to do is the bins. You will thank me though. If you make the effort to do it, you will thank me. Beef and fish. So I almost always have shrimp. 
um, some ground beef. If we have steaks, like sometimes I'll buy steaks at Costco and we won't eat all of them. And so I will, you know, transfer them to freezer bags and go from there. So that's beef and fish bin. I have a pork and poultry bin. Uh, I have a quick dinners bin, desserts. And then on the, on the door in my small freezer, I keep fruits and veggies. In my pullout one, it's a, it's a separate bin. But beef and fish, pork and poultry, quick dinners, desserts, fruits and vegetables. Maybe you're a frozen pizza family. Great. Maybe you have a whole bin for frozen pizzas. Those pizzas would probably live in my quick dinners bin. But um, think about what makes the most sense for the way you or your family eats. Then Especially when it comes to those quick dinners. Now, maybe you're going to take a day to do a handful of freezer meals. We will save that approach for a whole different episode of the podcast because that can be amazing. But before you even get there, I want you to organize your freezer first. But once you make some of these freezer meals that are ideal for just throwing in a skillet or making dinner happen quickly or tossing in the slow cooker... I highly suggest freezing them flat. Um, It's a great thing to do if you batch cook, but freezing flat is certainly the most efficient, most space efficient way to store those things um, or those quick dinners. And you can use, I have a reusable freezer storage bag that I really like, and I'm able to use them over and over, toss them in the dishwasher, or a good old fashioned freezer zip top bag is also great. Um, But it does make a difference if you are going to buy the disposable ones, you'll want to get the ones that are freezer specific as they help to avoid things like freezer burn. So it's particularly great for soups, stews, and even proteins. Let me give you a a couple examples of things that I have frozen flat in my freezer right now. Extra shredded rotisserie chicken. That's an example of like a protein where I only used half the rotisserie chicken. I shredded the rest. I froze it. It's flat. All I have to do is toss it into a stir fry or, you know, whatever that may be into a soup. And I've got an instant protein. Amazing. I have a Southwestern chili right now that I haven't been using because it's been hot outside, but will be great with fall just around the corner. Um, And then this thing, this idea, if you're going to freeze anything and maybe you want to do a miniature version of that idea of like a freezer day where you stock your freezer with some meals. I have an Instagram reel about this. Um, it's, It's pinned at the top of my Instagram profile and it's worth taking a look at. So I have done this many, many times in the past and I'm always sad when I run out. But what I like to do, what I like to do is buy some raw chicken breast and then a bunch of veggies and Make or purchase three separate marinades. So you're going to take 20 minutes and you're going to cut up your chicken breasts, like dice it into like chunks, and then you're going to cut up your veggies. And when I say veggies, think uh, bell peppers, onions. Um, You could do like some zucchini and some squash, but I usually do bell peppers, onions. Um, You don't want to do tomatoes. What else do I have in there? Bell peppers, onions. Don't want to do potatoes. Yeah, but like, Squash and zucchini are great as well. Like you just want vegetables that are all going to cook at the same rate. So nothing too, like you don't want to do a butternut squash with an onion because 
the onion's going to cook much faster than the butternut squash. And then you're going to take some small freezer bags or large freezer bags, depending on the size of your family, and add equal amounts of chicken and veggies to each container and then top them with separate marinades. So think a teriyaki marinade, think an Italian marinade, think a balsamic vinegar marinade or Mediterranean marinade. And what's going to happen is you're going to mix them up and then press as much air out as you can, lie flat. And so what you have in the freezer are these chicken and veggie packs. And the marinade is going to guide what type of meal that turns into. For example, oh, I just did this. I have a cilantro lime marinade. Um, I did the chicken and veggies. It was frozen in the freezer and I pulled it out. Um, I stuck it in the fridge at the beginning of the day. And so by the end of the day, everything was ready. I could put it on a sheet pan. It went into the oven. I toasted some tortillas or warmed some tortillas and we had chicken fajitas. Brilliant, right? This same chicken and veggie pack with the teriyaki marinade becomes a stir fry in a skillet served over soba noodles or served over white rice. Brilliant. Or you could take the same idea and turn it into like a Mediterranean um, saute with a little bit of farro and um, some lemon and you top it with some feta and some tzatziki. And you just use that chicken and veggie base. Not only is it so simple, but it's also pretty balanced and pretty darn healthy. So that's a great place to start if you want to stock your freezer with some quick dinners. And also when I say quick dinners, you better believe that I'm hitting up the frozen aisle at Trader Joe's. Like there are certainly some quick dinners in there that I am not making from scratch. So just have a designated spot in your freezer for those so that when it is a night or a day where you have not thought of something to cook, that is a lifeline. That is an insurance policy that is going to prevent you from having to go through the drive through You can utilize your freezer in that way. All right. Label everything. Yes, I know. Even in your freezer. If you are someone who is listening to this podcast and you have labels in your freezer, I want to give you a virtual high five. Way to go. <laughs> I think that most people probably don't. Chances are you've never even thought about this, but I'm convinced that this is crucial to creating a system in your freezer that sticks. It reminds you and others of where things belong in the freezer. So if you clearly categorize, you'll know where to find things and where to put them away, which avoids your freezer of becoming like this bottomless pit. And then you have no idea how long things have been in there and you just keep adding until you can't shut it. And then you're mad and eventually you are going to have to get rid of stuff and you are going to feel like you've wasted food. We do not want that. So label, label the bins you buy, label the door shelves certainly label the food. Like if you're making, you know, soup, stew, chili or something like that, label those with the date so that you know that you've got that three months to use them. Now you can use all sorts of things to label. Freezer tape, they make specific tape for the freezer. I, this is what I used in culinary school and in the kitchens that I've worked in, but it's awesome. That's a great, especially for labeling food, freezer tape is awesome. I also just have like this old retro labeler that 
really works quite well in the freezer. You will want to make sure that something's going to stick given the cold temperatures, but I have labels in both of my freezers now and they work great. You could also use um, like a a Sharpie and then remove it with a magic eraser. I have done that in the past. So just consider doing some labeling in the freezer. If you're the person who said I would never organize my freezer, you are definitely not going to want to label. But give me this. Give me 30 minutes on a Saturday. Take it all out. Categorize it. Find some bins that fit. Put everything back in. Give it a label and pat yourself on the back. (laughs) A tidy freezer can really be a lifesaver when it comes to using it as a resource to plan and prepare your meals. It should not be ignored. When it comes to emphasizing those organized spaces in your kitchen, it is worthy of bins, it is worthy of labeling, and will be infinitely more useful to you once it's buttoned up. So the last thing I want to leave you with is two other things that you will always find in my freezer other than ice cream. Frozen garlic, ginger, and now basil. If you are a member of Recipe Club, you know that I just live and die by my frozen garlic. I understand the value of fresh garlic, but I am in a chapter of life where I usually, if I don't have a kid on my hip while I am making dinner, someone is pulling on my leg. And I have not smashed a clove of garlic in years. (laughs) Because it's just too much. So these frozen garlic cubes are amazing. They are so, so great. I'm like obsessed with them. So I always have them in my freezer. They also make them for ginger. They're not that expensive. And I also buy the basil ones. An example of the basil ones, like if I am making um, a quick pasta dinner for my family, I'll toss a couple of the basil cubes in the jarred marinara sauce that I'm using. Or I will add it to a vinaigrette. I just made a vinaigrette the other day with apple cider, vinegar, olive oil, a shallot, a little thing, you know, a little dollop of mustard. And then I added one of the basil cubes and I made this for a corn salad. It was like, I am smacking my lips right now because it was so delicious. So the brand I see most often is Dorot, D-O-R-O-T. And I, that's the brand I see at my Trader Joe's. That's the brand I see at my local Kroger. I have seen that brand at Albertsons. So keep an eye out for it. Such a fantastic, um, shortcut ingredient to have in your freezer. Another one that is might seem a little ridiculous that I'm mentioning it because it doesn't, it seems so insignificant, but I use it all the time. And that is frozen petite peas. I'm convinced it's the best vegetable to be frozen. It tastes the best. And I got to be honest here. I grew up with my grandma, Charlotte, making these frozen petite peas she would put them like in a casserole dish with a pat of butter and she'd pop them in the microwave and add some salt and like that's it was always on the table with sunday dinner when we get together as a big extended family and that is just so comforting to me i love it but other things i use frozen peas for i will stir them into my kids boxed mac and cheese I will do them as a standalone side dish with dinner, like I just described. Like pot roast peas and mashed potatoes, sign me up. Owen Rolls, that's a good Sunday dinner right there. I will add them to soups, whether it's a homemade chicken noodle soup or my lemon soup with Israeli couscous. 
They are just great like that. They're also awesome to throw in my kids' lunchboxes. Now, not my older, Ollie's not going to go for it, but my girls, they're sweet. They're delicious. So you can put them in frozen and then they stay cold and they love those frozen peas in their lunchboxes. Anyways, I think everyone should have frozen petite peas in their freezer. And I want you to get the petite ones. They're the tiny ones because they taste better. Um, another, I wasn't even going to mention this, but I'll mention it. I also keep frozen spinach in my freezer because I have a spinach artichoke pantry pasta that I make a lot. Um, I love making a spinach artichoke dip. And I just feel like, like if I'm doing lasagna or something like that, a baked pasta dish, I can use the frozen spinach. But those are a couple of things I like to keep in my freezer. Um, give them a shot give them a shot. Give this idea of prioritizing your freezer just a little bit of love. All right, you guys, that's our podcast this week. It means the world to me when you rate and review the podcast. You guys made my day when we surpassed 100 five-star reviews. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. If you were someone who took the time to leave a review, I wish I could give you a big hug. Like I'm so grateful. Remember that we'd love to have you in Recipe Club. It's a fantastic recipe membership where you get just enough new inspiration, but not too much when it comes to overwhelm. We really help with dinnertime decision fatigue. And if you are looking to overhaul your kitchen with organization and outfitting, check out my Family Meal Makeover course. It is fantastic for that. All right, have a wonderful week, and we will chat next week.